yes, take our lives, multiply it. Thank you that that's been the word over our church this year is the word respond. What it is to say yes to you. Lord, we thank you that this morning represents a whole bunch of people who said yes. Both those that are here this morning that said yes to coming to the Selwyn region to here at Lincoln High School to serve you. And those at La Vida who are part of financing and praying for and believing in and sending. Thank you that we're a church that will keep saying yes to the word of God. Yes to what you speak into our hearts. We would be a church marked by obedience. So Lord, we thank you for what this morning means. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are here. Because the Bible promises that when we gather in the name of Jesus, there you are in the midst of us. So even as team gathered this morning to set up, Holy Spirit, you are already present. We thank you for this morning. Pray as I share the word in a few moments that it would speak something into our heart that would really give us a momentum into the future. And it would be a momentum that would never stop. It would be one that would bring glory not to man, not to a church, but glory to God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can grab a seat this morning. Awesome. Hey, before I um, share what God's put in my heart, there's a few people I want to welcome. Uh, first of all, it's Gordon and Johanna Rosewell, the senior pastors of Life Church Timaru, who are our external advisors, have come all the way up, given up your Sunday to be with us. We love you guys. Thanks for coming. So much support. Great having you here. It's awesome. And Tim Hodge from Lincoln Baptist has come to be with us this morning. Tim, your, your presence being here means a lot to us. The fact that you're here, you're going to pray for us later. We just honor you for coming and, and being so supportive. Lincoln Baptist have been supportive since the day we, we told them that we we're coming out here. That Tim, Tim's had the attitude of, hey, whatever we can do to help you, we want to do it. And he proved it because he showed up. Yeah. So they've been amazing. Let's honor Tim for being here. It's so fantastic. I just want to make just a few sort of housekeeping announcements that I've kind of noticed. One is that it gets hotter the further up you sit. So uh, if it gets too hot, come early and find a seat down lower. Uh, that's the first thing. The second thing is if you need the bathroom, the unfortunate part of the way this is set up is you have to come all the way down and go across. Don't worry about it. Just do it. Is that all right? It's going to be family, so you just got to do that. What else did I need to announce? The toilets are out the side, up, up the corridor there if you need the toilets. Uh, this won't be a normal entrance. About a week before we started, they told us that they were doing some renovations and put big fences up and normally would come in through a foyer. Uh, so in eight weeks' time, it'll be back to how we want it to be. So there's a few things that require flexibility. But we're into it, aren't we? Yeah. We're family. Yeah. So if you need to get up and move, you just get up and move. That's totally fine. And I will try not to have an extrovert moment and point you out as you go out. How does that sound? <laughs> I can't promise because I can't help it. Hey, um, what a moment this is particularly for me, I know it is for Ange, I know it is for Julia and the whole team, but I kind of want to start by sharing a little bit of the journey, because many of you won't know the journey. And uh, this whole thing began with a walk on the beach uh, in Pegasus. Uh, a walk on the beach with the Lord can be dangerous. Uh, it was actually uh, March 2017 where this idea of a campus plant really came to be in my heart, but it was November 2016 that God first spoke to me about it. And uh, we'd only just started leading the church that year. So it wasn't very long in. I think we'd been going about 
eight months at the point when God spoke to me. I was just walking along the beach and I was simply reflecting on the journey of Paul and Jill Bennett, our founding pastors, and their 31 years leading the church, or 30 at that point. I was thinking, what an amazing journey they've had. And I'd walked, I walked about a kilometer just thinking, boy, if I could do half as well as they did, I'd be, I'd be super wrapped. And I was pondering the fact that they were a church plant only 30 years before, and as I was considering what God was able to do out of faithful obedience when they stepped out in March 1987, God spoke into my heart in that moment and said, I'm calling you, Carl, to plant churches and help churches. And it was so left field because, as many of you know have heard the story, I was already overwhelmed by the fact that he'd asked me to lead Life Church. To plant churches was way outside of anything I'd even been considering. But it, it stuck in my heart, and I couldn't shake this thought that actually this is what I'm calling Life Church to do. So I made a promise to God. I said, God, I'll put it on the shelf. And if that thought comes back to me, I'll tell you what, I'll be obedient to it. It was as simple as that. I thought that way it'll go away, right? Uh, but it didn't go away. And uh, I had a pattern of walking and talking with Paul Bennett, our founding pastor, as an advisor. And we, he lives in Lincoln here. And so I would come most Friday afternoons after I'd done my sermon prep, and I would come and walk with him and talk about vision and talk about what I think God was doing. And I simply had begun to talk about the fact that it was this crazy off-the-wall idea and thought, he'll shut it down. He's a man of wisdom. He'll stop me. So I said to him, I feel God's calling us to plant churches. And he said, he's probably right. And I thought, oh, and he said, what about here? And he was a little bit tongue-in-cheek. This is in Lincoln. What about here? And in the moment he said it, in my heart I went, this is it. This is where we've got to be. Then his, how old's Nana? 92-year-old Nana said, what about an outpost out in Lincoln where you live? There was another confirmation that it was to be in Lincoln. And so here today we stand basically just because of the promise that, or, or the, the call that God put in my heart to be faithful and obedient to this. So the story began to unfold and, uh, and here we are today. And simply all it was, was I'd said to God when I took over the church, because I don't know why he chose me in the first place, so I didn't. I said, God, what I'll give you is my yes. And if you ask me to do something, what I'll do, if I know it's you, I'll just say yes. And I'll just step out and do it. Uh, I was already well beyond my natural abilities already leading the church. So I thought, well, God can take me anywhere he wants now. I'm, I'm kind of his, and he's going to have to step up and do his part. Um, and then... I'm amazed to stand here today and see us all sitting here. It's, it's kind of it's the fulfillment or the beginning of the fulfillment of the dream that God placed in our hearts. And it really is only the beginning. You see, we, we have simply said, Lord, what we want to be is obedient to you. I think our church throughout its history has just been a church of obedience. It's been a church that's just said yes to God at every point when God has spoken. But it's about individuals and a church full of faith, having enough courage to say, God, we're in count us in and saying yes to him. I'm going to share shortly around some of this importance of obedience because it's a word that I really desire to mark my life and it's yet so vital and the Bible is full of people who just said yes to God and walked in obedience. It's also full of some that didn't, but we're not going to look at them today. Uh, so I want to share some prophetic things that I feel God's given me. Here's the cool thing about this is you're the first to hear it. Those at Levita don't get to hear this for about four weeks. So it's brand new. It's just what I feel God's been speaking into my heart. And it feels the right place to kind of launch the next phase of vision for us as a church. And I think you're going to be blessed by it. I hope that you will. Uh, Selwyn Life Church is the first, as I say, to get this. And I, I trust that this will be a message that's going to launch really our church into what I'm calling a new era. That's the word I felt God give me. 
It's not a new season. Life Church, Carl and Ange, it's not a new season. Seasons come and go. This will not come and go. This is not a season that comes for a while and changes. This is a new era. Our church is not entering into a new season. We are entering into a new era that is God-ordained. Do you understand what I mean by that when I say not a new season? In other words, we'll never go back to what we were before. Today marks the day where we'll never be the same again. We're now one church in two locations. They're meeting at Levita today. The word's being shared. People are worshipping. People are gathered. And we're gathered here and the word's being shared and we're worshipping together. We will never go back to being what we were before. I don't know if you've recognized that, but for me that was a moment with God where I went far out. This is a big deal. It's a big deal for us. We're, we're coming up with two and a half years into leading the church and God says today is a new day. Today is a new era. I thought, okay, God, well, what, what a new era. What is it going to look like? Because I feel like a new era needs some new distinctives that go with it. So God, if we're moving into a new era, what are the new distinctives that come on our church? What can we believe you for? What are we expecting in you now that we're a church in two locations? What's it going to look like? And just God kept pressing that on my heart. It's a new era. It's a new day. We're believing this new era will be so much marked by a fresh revelation of the mission purpose of God. That it will be marked by Matthew 28, the Great Commission, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. We feel like God has prophetically promised that as we move into this season, on our church, right across both campuses, will come this fresh life of the mission of God. That where some people have been asleep in the understanding that there's a gospel to preach, that they would wake up in this season, recognize that the desire we have as a church to always live on mission. To be more than just the gathered church, it's vital and it's important. We gather, we worship, we grow. But as a gathered church, we're a missional church. And I felt like God said, as you step into this new day, a new life is going to come on the Great Commission. It's like not only those that went out to Salwyn on that day and began under mission, because a lot of you have come and said, yes, we're in on the mission. It won't only be this campus graced by the Great Commission. It'll be all of Life Church, both campuses graced by the Great Commission. And if you know me, that's the most exciting thing God could have ever revealed to my heart because that's what it's all about, this hope that people will find in Jesus Christ. But it was also when God spoke to me about one of the new distinctives would be this new era, but it would have a new sound, that we would come with a new sound in the new era. And it's a sound of declaration. When we would give voice to our faith, we wouldn't be afraid to speak about the promises that God's given us through his word and be willing to proclaim them. That a new era would have a new voice full of faith that God says, if God says it, he can do it. That we would trust God at his word. And for me personally, there was a personal challenge in this because we're, we're averse to hyper faith or name it and claim it kind of faith. And yet that's not what God is asking of us at all. When he says there's a new sound, he's not saying, I want you to hype something up. He's not saying, I want you just to make it loud and noisy and look flashy and look really good and all of that stuff. No, no, I want you to proclaim the promises of my word and believe them. I want you to be a church full of faith that trusts my word. And a new sound would come out of you that says, I trust God completely and I have faith in him that he will bring it to pass. The sense that God is challenging us to take him at his word, to resound, and that's what next year's vision will be, resound the declaration of the promises of God to be willing to give voice to the stuff of faith that God has placed in our hearts. When I walked on the beach that day, it terrified me when God spoke to me about this. I thought, God, how on earth could you ask me to even consider planting a campus? But you know, the thing is, it's like God says, are you willing to be obedient 
And are you willing to put voice to the faith that I've put in your heart and the dreams that I've put in your heart? Standing here today, for example, I'm determined to not say that certain things will never happen. I had moments since last October wondering whether this thing would ever really be a reality. As I watched our staff walk through some very difficult things in their own life, as I watched the enemy really challenge us and battle us on every front, I had moments in the early hours of the morning where I wondered whether this would ever really happen. I thought, God, how can, how's it going to happen? And those words, nothing is impossible for me, just keep resounding in my heart. And there's a prophetic proclamation and declaration. Nothing is impossible for God. I'd even preached, he is able to do more than you could ever ask, think, or imagine. I preached it with great faith, standing up in front of church one day, and it was in the small wee hours of the morning that God calls that back to you and says, do you truly believe I'm the God of more? Do you really trust me? Do you really think that I'll give you a vision and call you to something and not equip you and enable you to do it? Stop saying I can't do stuff. Stop finding the reasons why it can't happen. Stop having excuses as to why God can't do stuff. And just start trusting God and believing in the word of God. I think we're really good as Kiwis at giving voice to the things that we lack. It's part of our culture. Or what hasn't gone our way or what we feel we missed out on. We're really good at giving voice to excuses as to why we can't do something or shouldn't do something. Are we, are we good at that? Do you, do you recognize that as a part of being a Kiwi to some degree? It's like, I don't know if this thing will work out. We're all sort of wired for the cannot or should not or to observe things that have gone against us. Well, you might not be. You're all awesome. But I'm kind of wired that way. Maybe this was a word just for me after all. I don't think it was. And yet I feel God saying, come on, Life Church. Come on, Carl and Ange. How about a new sound? How about a sound of declaration? How about a prophetic declaration? Get some promises out of my word and begin to declare them and begin to believe them because if you would dare to believe them, anything's possible. I'm telling you, standing here today is a part and a snapshot of God fulfilling his promise, of God fulfilling the dream that he placed in our hearts. And as I stand here today, I stand again with that sense of, wow, God, because I know it's only the beginning of what God has in store for us. You serve a God of the possible. Do you understand that? So it's time to resound the promises of God with a declaration of faith. This campus is to reflect that declaration. It's being birthed with that declaration. Today is the birthing of that vision. You see, we've done our best to invest wisely and we've bought really, really good gear. Isn't this pretty cool? And people could look at this and think, wow, how come you've spent so much money on all the gear and you know, I wondered that too as we we're putting together our Thanksgiving faith offering. I was thinking, boy, we want to we invest, we want, we want to invest, but why? Why invest? Because you know what? We don't see a church plant with 70 to 100 people. We see with eyes of faith a church of hundreds of people. So we set it up like what we saw at the beginning. So that's why we've invested in this so much because we've seen with eyes of faith hundreds of people filling this place. Isn't that good? I hope you can get an amen in your heart to some of that. We don't see a small gathering of people. I felt God say, Carl, don't lock that in your heart. Sometimes we get a dream. Sometimes we get a, a sense of faith. And the thing is that you kind of hide it and hold on to it and think, well, if it happens, then we can say, I, I, I had it past tense. I, I believe God for that. But I felt God saying, well, come on, are you willing to be the one to have a prophetic declaration, to believe me at my word? Are you the one prepared to declare what you see and what you believe that I'm up to? and that I'm doing. This is a campus who has graced to receive people who are on a journey of finding hope 
in Jesus Christ. That's a grace that's on this place. There will know a tangible and strong moving of the Holy Spirit in their midst. We don't want to build something without the Holy Spirit. The Bible is very clear that you're wasting your time. We want the Holy Spirit to be a part of everything we've done. Every prayer meeting we've had, every time we've gathered and prayed, we've said, Holy Spirit, we need you to move. It's not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So this place we marked by people having encounters with the Holy Spirit. A place where hundreds of people received that encounter. And even a touch of the miraculous. Could we believe for that? That as this campus launches, as we birth this brand new era, that it could be marked by a miracle. And miracles and people having encounters with the Holy Spirit. And even God sent a burden. Can anyone else hear the bird? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Anyway, distracted by a bird. In this new era across both campuses, we will make a new sound. A sound of declaration. One where people trust God and are willing to declare his promises. Let me ask you this question. What is your current declaration of faith? What is in your heart right now as an individual that needs to have the voice of faith added to it? What are you carrying that you could dare to believe God for in your own heart? It's not just about being a part of a church where a pastor or two have some vision and some faith, so I'll borrow that. No, no, God's question to us as a, a corporate gathering, what's he placed in your heart? What's the dream in your heart? What's the vision in your heart that God's saying, could you give a voice of faith to that? Could you dare to believe? What's it look like in your family? What's it look like in your business? What's it look like in your workplace? What's it look like with the people you interact with? What's it look like in your sports team? What's it look like to have a vision that God could place in your heart that you could dare to begin to, to believe God and declare some promises of God? Is there anything? What does a declaration of faith look like in your life? Maybe it's to declare that my child will get on fire for God. Instead of declaring, I wish my child would get on fire for God. Do you notice the difference? These are a distinctive of faith. One is a proclamation. I declare that my child will be on fire for God. Not I wish, wishful thinking versus faith. There's a difference. What will the distinctive of your life and your resound and your faith be like? What does it look like for you? And what does it look like for us as a church? Our declaration as a church is that we'll keep saying yes to God. We will walk in obedience to him. And we will see him do amazing things if we keep walking in obedience to God. Do you know people often, um, they answer this question, what would you want written on your headstone? It's a horrible thought when you really think about it, but what would you want written on your headstone? And as I considered this message, I thought what I would love written on my headstone is actually Carl Crocker, a servant of Jesus Christ, always walked in obedience to the Lord. Wouldn't you want that? You know, apostles and teachers and evangelists and all the others will build the church, but not without obedience they won't. Obedience is the mark of God, of God's people. And I felt like God saying, Carl, that's, that's simply all I've asked you to be as a person who says yes. So we will be a church marked by obedience. We will be a church that says yes to God when God speaks to us. I want to read you a passage from Deuteronomy this morning. Someone's going, good, he's finally going to bring some Bible into this thing. The context of this passage we'll read is that these are the words of Moses spoken to the Israelites just east of the Jordan. Moses was proclaiming to the Israelites all that God had commanded them. Really, he's expounding the law. He's beginning to give voice to what God has said to him. It's an amazing book. It's worth a read. Moses speaks on leadership. He speaks on rebellion. He speaks on the wanderings in the wilderness. He speaks on idolatry. He speaks on the Ten Commandments. We see the law of first mention 
in Deuteronomy 6 where Jesus later on in Matthew 22 mentions the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Jesus refers back to Deuteronomy 6. In Deuteronomy, we see Moses speak about love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. It's a great, great book to read. And as we continue to read through it, there are other key themes, and many of them, but there are two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and walk in obedience to him. Two major themes that come out through Moses' words. And we arrive at my text for this morning, and I want to share it with you and then bring out some what I believe are some prophetic declarations for us as a church. It's titled Blessings for Obedience. It's Deuteronomy 28. Hopefully it's going to, it's up there. That's awesome. I want to share this with you and then draw out a few things. Are we going okay? I'm probably going way too long, but if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully follow all his commands I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations on earth. All these blessings will come on you and accompany you if you obey the Lord your God. You'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. The fruit of your womb will be blessed and the crops of your land and the young of your livestock, the calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. You'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant that all the enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you from one direction but flee from you in seven. The Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity and the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock and the crops of your ground and the land he swore your ancestors to give you. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations but will borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head, not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, then you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. There's a number of things I want to draw out for us this morning that I felt God really gave to Angie and I. Uh, Angela's mum was the one that sent us this passage. She actually just sent us the promise that as she was praying for us that you're called to be the head, not the tail. That's all she kept saying. And so we thought, oh, it would be wise to look the whole passage up probably. And as we did that, God began to speak to us and has spoken to us strongly out of this passage. And I want to make some declarations of some of the promises because if God's people will walk in obedience to him, he promises much blessing. There's a payoff for obedience. It's the blessing of God. And I don't know about you, but I want the blessing of God on what we do. So we don't want to start anything out of a good idea. We want to start it out of obedience to the Lord. Here's the first promise. If you obey the Lord, all these blessings will accompany you. That's the first promise. I want the blessings of God to accompany us. I feel like as we even start today, the blessing of God has already accompanied us as we've stepped out in obedience. This year in our Thanksgiving faith offering, it was a miraculous number that people gave. People got on board out of obedience to God. Yes, there was vision and all that stuff, but people said yes to God out of a heart of obedience. Like God's blessing is accompanying us. And I declare that over everything we put our hand to as we begin to trust God and walk in obedience that we'll actually know the abundant blessing of God on us. Who wants accompanied blessing in their lives? I sure do for my church. Here's the second thing. You'll be blessed when you come in and blessed when you go out. See, this was their daily routine. They would go out and collect food and collect water 
and they would come in again. They were just everyday tasks that the Israelites do. But what about the promise of God that he would bless you as you go out and as you come in, just as you go about your everyday tasks, God would bless you. Does anybody want that in their life? Not only would Sunday be blessed, not only would it when we gather as the church, but, but just our everyday tasks and everything we do will be blessed. Because who knows, the church only gathers on Sunday, but it's the church all week. I want a church where the people are blessed as they go about their everyday tasks. As they go out and as they come in, they would know the blessing of God. I want that on my own life. Do you want that for your life? Here's the third promise. God will grant you abundant prosperity. I want to give you three, th- three thoughts around that that come out of this passage. The first is that abundant prosperity is promised for the fruit of your womb. That speaks prophetically to me of that which you birth. So as we birth this campus today, as this is the beginning, the first time, the first time we've birthed the campus, the first moment we gather together, I believe and declare that there is abundant blessing on us as we birth vision. And I felt as we were reading that, Angie and I, that as you birth vision into the future, God will bless it. If it's a mark of obedience, if you've heard God's voice and you step out in obedience, God will bless the vision that you bring to, to be. That's a good promise. What about this one? Abundant prosperity on the young of your livestock. It speaks of the next generation. We have a cry in our hearts, and we believe with a prophetic declaration that our church would be full of kids and young adults and teenagers who would be on fire for God. Not attending just because of mum and dad, but have their own encounter with the Holy Spirit that would set them up for a lifelong journey with Jesus Christ. What about that prosperity? What about that abundant blessing? People say, oh, it's a prosperity gospel. If it comes to people's lives, I'm all into it. I want people to be prosperous in their faith. I want the next generation to be fired up for God, not just attending church. I believe La Vida and this campus and any other campus we birth will be full of young people who'd be on fire for God. Right now, we've got a bit of a squeeze on in this generation in our church, a little bit of a challenge. Everybody speaks of the negatives of this generation. I'm going to prophetically declare that this would be a generation that would find their distinctive in Jesus Christ and serve Him with all their hearts. And it's an abundant prosperity and it's a promise. The young of your livestock will be blessed. Who's claiming that for their kids? I sure am. Here's the third promise, the crops of your ground. That we would all have the resource that we need to accomplish all that God has put before us. We'll be resourced. And you know, sometimes when you start to step out in faith, you think, where's the money going to come from? How are we going to do this? How are we going to pay for this? How's this going to happen? It's great to have faith, God, and it's great to have vision, but boy, vision costs money. How's it gonna, I'm not going to worry about it any longer. Trusting God that we will have everything we need. If it's God, He will supply all our needs. He will give us what we need because the crops of our ground will be blessed. Is anyone else getting a sense of faith in their heart? So our declaration is that the vision we birth out of obedience to God would be abundantly blessed. We declare that we would be filled to overflowing with the next generation on fire for God and leading the church into the future. We declare that we would have the resource needed to do everything God places before us. That's our prophetic declaration. Everything we've done to this point has just been simply a yes to God. But how come Julie is the campus pastor? Why? Because God said, We felt God say, Julia's the one. So Julia's here. And Julia had to find her own obedience to the Lord to say yes. Trust me, it wasn't an easy journey for her to say yes. We want to be a church marked by obedience. To our leadership team and to our staff, 
share a vision that's going to cost them a lot more effort. To a worship team who's going to be in two locations for a time, there was a huge cost. But I'll tell you what, it's out of obedience to God that we'll see the abundant blessing and prosperity of God upon us. Some other promises as I come to the end and the worship team can come back and join me. The enemy will come at you in one direction, but he will flee from you in seven. I'm holding on to that promise. We've had a lot thrown at us as we've tried to birth this campus. But I hold on to the promise of God. Yeah, he will come at you in one direction, but God will cause him to flee in seven. Who wants that as a promise of God? We are called to be the head and not the tail. That's the church. Called to be the head, not called to be the tail. Not called to be beneath, but called to be above. Is that not who the church is? And so there needs to come a new sound of prophetic declaration that says, God, we will act like we are the head and not the tail. We won't have the kind of hope that says, well, I hope it works out. That's not the hope that Jesus gave us. Jesus gave us a hope that was for eternity. We don't hope it'll work out. We don't hope this thing will happen. No, no, we declare we're called to be the head and not the tail. We will trust God. We'll believe God. We'll have faith in God that if God says it and speaks it into our hearts and we simply give him our yes, anything is possible. That he truly is the God who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. I shared this with my staff this week. That means sometimes it doesn't even have to be something that God drops out of the heavens into your heart. God's saying, well, what can you imagine? What can you even begin to think of? I can do more than even that. That's pretty big. Can we believe in the God of the more? We're entering a new era. Today marks the beginning of that new era. And in this new era, I'm believing for a new bold sound to come out of our church. Am I going to dare to say this? Even this week, I sat in my office for 20 minutes and wrote a song. Never done that in my life. I'm not a songwriter. I'm not a musician. I wouldn't even know if it's a song. It may be more of a poem. But hopefully the worship team are going to work with it. Because I felt like God said, well, you're the one talking about a new sound. How about a new song comes out of your church? What about a new song that comes out of your heart? He says, come on, are you going to believe me? Are you going to trust me? Is this truly all about the Great Commission? Is it really about souls being saved? And so I stand in my study at home in prayer and I often say to God, God, I'm going to believe you at everything you tell me. But I don't want this just to be a bold new sound that comes out of a few or out of one generation, but out of every generation. That our young people and our kids would have a bold new sound of faith and trust and hope in Jesus Christ. We'd see with eyes of faith. This is important to me because what you see is what you build. If you only see lack, you won't build much. If you can see with faith what God is able to do, that's what you'll build. And so what we did by getting all our gear and setting up the way we did is what we saw with eyes of faith. Because what you see is what you'll build. And I want to encourage you with that this morning. What do you see for your life? What do you see for your family? What do you see for your workplace? What do you see for your business? What is it that you've got eyes of faith that you can see beyond where you are right now? Because what you see is what you'll build. I've got a brother who right now is not walking with the Lord. He hasn't been for 20-something years. In fact, he's far from God. And I've had many times praying where I've said, well, God, he, he's just... He's maybe lost. How how on earth are we going to ever reach him? I find all the reasons why God can't reach his life. And yet I feel a rebuke in my heart because God's like, well, do you believe I can? And there has to become a kind of a sense of what I see is what I'll build. I'm going to believe that he's saved. I'm going to declare that over his life that God can reach his heart. 
and reach his life. What, what's your declaration of faith? What do you need eyes to see? Because what you see is what you'll build. This is a new era where we will trust God for his promises. I believe this is the beginning of it. They'll feel it in La Vida this morning. They'll feel it's a new era. It'll be different there. We're all feeling it. It's not just a season that'll come and go. It's a new era. It's a time of change. Change equals pain, but it also equals growth. And it's growing pains. We're going to trust God. That is promised. Why don't you stand with me and I'll pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just turn our hearts towards you today. Grateful for what today represents a new era. A time where we would be bold in our faith declaration. Where we would be be a people who continue to say yes and walk in complete obedience to you. We thank you for your blessing on everything that we do. As we've read in Deuteronomy this morning, we know it was contextualized to the Israelites, but God, we know that you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. If we'll walk in obedience to you, we can know the blessing and the abundant prosperity of God upon our church and upon our lives. So God, we simply again just say yes to you. We say yes to this new era. We say yes to you, Holy Spirit. Would you move in our midst? We say yes to see with eyes of faith, to look to you, Lord, to be obedient to you, to say, God, we see the move of your spirit. We see a generation rising up passionately in love with Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, full of the testimonies of God. We thank you that as we're faithful, we'll see you add and add to our numbers. Father, we just turn our hearts towards you as we birth today this new era. We thank you for your abundant blessing upon our church, on every individual, on every team member, on every person who said yes. Your blessing in Jesus' name. And we're going to sing this song, Multiply. It's been a song that's gone with our theme this year. The vision we had this year was multiplication, and today is really we're seeing that sense of it here this morning. And you're a part of that. This has been like a, an anthem song in a way about the declaration of God. Lord, take our lives, multiply it. Because it's all about people. It's all about you and I, the church, saying yes to God. You can have the greatest vision in the world, but if no one says yes to God, we can't do a whole lot. But together, in obedience, saying yes, Lord, take my life, multiply it. To take who I am, use who I am, I make myself available. And many of you here this morning have done exactly that. You said yes, God. So let's sing this in faith together. Really spend a moment, just allow God to breathe that yes into your heart again as we sing together this morning.